0: Howdy my friends and now welcome to episode 47 of the daily run through the book of Titus we're in chapter two and we've been talking about the um the message to young men so Paul has told Titus how he ought to speak to the older men the older women and how he ought to encourage the older women to admonish the younger women in certain things and now he is talking to the young men or what he ought to Paul telling Titus, a young pastor, what he ought to be talking to the young men about. So we talked last time in verse six, he says, likewise, exhort the younger men or the young men to be sober minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. Now, this is kind of interesting. And, and, uh, depending on your version of the Bible, um, you may see this in different ways. You may have it actually saying different things, but in the new King James that I'm using, it says in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of, of good works and when we look at that in the original language it's it's interesting and um and i i liked it because when i when i looked at you know looked up the word the word good i was expecting to see agathos which is what we talked about uh, a while back when we were talking about um in verse five about the, the, you know, the younger women, you know, love your husbands, love your children to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good. And that was Agathos. Well, here it says in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. Um, Pattern is a typos meaning, you know, a type or a pattern. And they says of good works. And so that was the one I thought, Oh, I'm expecting it to be Agathos, but it was not, it's a different word. Um, kalos which means um something a little different and so when we talk about um agathos it seems to be the idea of inherent goodness but kalos seems to be more of the uh external goodness um and sometimes it's talking about uh sometimes it's talking about um you know beauty handsomeness so uh just just for kicks um I'm going to open up my little concordance here and, and it says, you know, ways that this word could be also um, read or interpreted beautiful, handsome, excellent, eminent choice, surpassing, precious, useful, suitable, commendable, admirable, beautiful to look at shapely, magnificent, excellent in its nature and characteristics and therefore well adapted to its ends, precious, praiseworthy, noble, beautiful by reason of purity of heart, or hence praiseworthy, morally good, noble, honorable, uh, affecting the mind agreeable, comforting, and confirming. Um, And so we see this a lot in in the New Testament in in the description of fruit, right? Right, In good soil, good fruit, and and such like that. So um, it does appear a lot in the Bible, 102 times uh, in 91 verses. But here in the book of Titus, which we we see people being encouraged to be good or show goodness multiple times um we only see uh we only see it appear in uh, this verse alone uh which I think is is interesting we see it a lot in first timothy but when we get to titus um well I take that back actually in this chapter we will see um we will see it used later on in chapter three, but anyway, um, the idea being this, you know, I think visible good works, visible good works. And I want to read the verse again. He says, in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. Now there, there is a, something that we, I think sometimes we just don't think about a lot as Christians. Like now the Bible says we were, we were created for good works. We were created to do that. But one of the things I think often happens with Christians is we get this idea that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And so it's only the heart that matters. Well, first of all, I think it's important to go back and say, where, where does that verse come from or that idea come from that, you know, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Well, God said that to Samuel when Samuel went to Jesse's house to pick a king, right? God sent Samuel to Jesse's house to pick a king. And, and Samuel looked at all these strong, handsome young men and he said, oh, there's a king. Oh, there's a king. And God says, yeah, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And that's God pointing Jesse or pointing rather Samuel to Jesse's son, David. But I think the thing that we sometimes miss on that is that he's just stating something that's true. God isn't saying the, ba- the you know, God looks at the heart. So that's the only thing that's important. He's pointing out something that is, that is important to know that man looks at the outward appearance. And so it's important that young men, he say that they, let's read it again. That they, you know, in, in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, you know, as a Christian, we ought to be living our lives that show a pattern of good works. People ought to see that in us. They ought to see that goodness in us. They ought to see us doing good things, treating people in, in, fa- in a fashion that is honorable, that's loving, that's caring. They ought to see us doing good to others. You know, living in a way that is sacrificial. Putting others first. Caring for those that are in need. You know, they ought to see that in us. There ought to be a, and, and I like that he says that, that he says. Showing yourselves to be a pattern of good works, right? A pattern of good works. I think that's such a great way of putting it that that ought to be something that is readily and repeatedly observable in us. That there ought to be a beauty in the way that we live our lives. The Christian life ought to be attractive to other people to the lost, they ought to look at our life and say, man, those people are good. Those people love people. And, and I wonder often, is that what they see? And in our modern culture, of course, we, we as Christians, were are kind of backed in a corner because there are so many things that our culture is embracing that are contrary to the word of God says. And so we're, we're put in this difficult spot of having to be the bad guy, so to speak. I'm not saying that we're bad people or we're doing bad things, but it's like, um, well, a lot of what my job is currently, when I work around young people and children, a lot of times I have to be the guy saying, no, you can't do that. Hey, I need you to do this job. I need you to, I need you to do your job. I need you to, um, you know, I need you to participate in the activities, kids. Well, I don't want to. I have to be the bad guy that says, no, you have to. I tell him fun is mandatory. You have to. You have to participate. Who don't want to? Well, we we don't have a bunch of people on their own program. That's not what we do. So I have to be the bad guy a lot. And so i try to be very careful with that to tell people, look, I don't like to be the bad guy, but here's why I have to do this. And so I ho- my hope is that when people in the world say, oh, Christians, you know, they hate people. They're anti-gay, you know. That we would be the ones that would not say, yeah, hey, a bunch of you know, in in a bunch, you know, toss out a bunch of slurs, but but we would be the ones saying, look, we we care about you and we hold to the word of God, and this is what the word of God says. Now I know there are Christians that don't hold to the word of God that would well they would say that they hold to the word of God. They would say that there are those verses that uh, speak against the things that that uh, the culture is. Embracing that the church has historically hasn't, the church is wrong. The Bible has been misinterpreted. That these things have been added. That there's these words have been translated in the last uh, sixty years to mean things that they never meant prior. I know those arguments, um, but here, here's the thing: regardless of where you stand on, the, on that issue or or whatever, there are people out there in the world that have a negative view of Christians because we haven't necessarily shown ourselves to be a pattern of good works. I was at a church a while back and um, I don't remember if it was a hat or a t-shirt. I think it was a hat that um, an older man was wearing in the church. And the hat said, let's go, Brandon. Now, if you're not familiar with let's go, Brandon, um, you probably are, but if you're not, uh, Joe Biden, the president, the, um, there was a NASCAR event and the crowd started chanting profanities um, Biden. Um, uh, and so there was a news reporter there and somebody from the news studio apparently asked the reporter, what's the audience? What's the, 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 uh, the crowd, there seems to be cha- chanting something. And she goes, Oh, I believe they're chanting. Let's go Brandon. Um, you know, cheering for one of the, you know, one of the car drivers, which, Is not what they were saying. Um, And so people have taken that phrase and used it as a way of saying, you know, blank you, Biden, and um, wink, wink, wink. Is that a pattern of good works? Is that a hat I ought to be wearing in church? Oh, it doesn't say anything bad, but we know people know what you're saying. Is that is that a pattern of good works? Is that how we are supposed to be treating our um, and speaking of the leaders of our country, even if we disagree with them, even if we think that they are um, doing evil things or leading our country in a negative fashion? Is that a pattern of good works? I would submit to you that it's not. I would submit to you that that shows um, dishonor. It shows um, a crudeness. And a profaneness that is not fitting for a person who claims to be a representative of Jesus Christ. And as the old question says, what would Jesus do? Would Jesus wear a let's go Brandon hat? I don't think I even have to answer. Show yourself to be a pattern of good works. God bless you. Talk to you soon.